Ladies and gentlemen and hockey fans of all ages, welcome back to another exciting episode of the Hockey Fan Chat. I am your host, Randy Dillon. In the latest episode of the Hockey Fan Chat, I am joined once again by Michael Herbert as we talk about the Edmonton Oilers. I highly recommend you follow Michael on Twitter at Oilers Live. Check out his content at TheHeavyHockey.com. Some great content there. Michael and I talk about what are the expectations for this Oiler team this season. Is it cup or bust or an appearance at least Stanley Cup final? Has Ken Holland built a good enough team to compete? What does a full season under Jay Woodcroft look like? Some interesting questions in Jesse PLVRV and the big signing in Jack Campbell. How will this unfold in this upcoming season? All right, Michael, thanks again so much for joining us on another episode of the Hockey Fan Chat. Last time we talked last year, the expectation for the Oilers was to win a round, and they did. They won two, a lot of different moves the team made, but what are the expectations for the team this year, you think? Is it cup or bust? Uh, appears in the final? Yeah, I think, I mean, any time in hockey or anything, you want to do at least the same, if not better. And so I think you have to expect that you take the extra step and at least be competitive in the conference final, if not make the um, Stanley Cup final. But do you think that's escalated now? Because I know last year the question was the goaltending. It was bad. Like they deck with Smith and Koskinen, and they tried Skinner. They got Jack Campbell. They resigned Evander Kane. This is the deepest the team been in a very long time. Do you think now the fan base believes they should be in the cup because they lost to the eventual cup champions in Colorado? And if Mike Smith could have made an extra save or two, it might have been a different story in those later game three and four. Well, I mean, it, it may have been Colorado ultimately, you know, was the better team. You know, they did uh, go to the cup and they, you know, for the most part, made Tampa look normal for the first time. Yeah, Colorado was just really good, and and they're still really good. Uh, I don't know that you know an extra couple of saves would have made a difference. It was a sweep, and at the end of the day, I mean, I don't know that anybody was beating Colorado. So Mike Smith or not, uh, you got to be proud of the Oilers for what they accomplished. No, I think that's true, and I think with everything they went started off with the good start, the decline in December, January, Dave Tippett getting fired, Jay Woodcroft coming in going 23-4 and I think one or two on a tremendous field and being the Kings, destroying their Alberta rival, which I could imagine was really sweet in that sense, and then losing to the eventual cup champions. But going into next year, what do you think a full year under Jay Woodcroft is going to look like? I looked up his stats and he had some good stats. The power play still good. Penalty kill was good. The shots against the Oilers, they weren't allowing as much, but do you think he's going to pick up from next year, or do you think there might be a little bit of a struggle to start off with? Yeah, you know, I don't think so. I mean, I fully expect this team to come out of the gates flying and be a different team for the full season. Um, you know, it's not just Jay Woodcroft, it's Dave Manson and his ability to put, you know, his own signature on the defensive core. Um, granted, you know, they lose a good veteran in Duncan Keith and some people like that and some people don't, um, you know, the defense still has something to work on and, uh, you know, they need to be better, but Hey, you know, the, the defense couldn't have got any worse than it did, um, you know, in December of last year. And once Dave Matson came in and put his, uh, signature on it, they looked a lot better. I'm excited for how that looks. And then, you have Woodcroft, you know, puts his own version of the Oilers together. 
um, Evander Kane for a full season. You know, I'm pretty excited about this season uh, I and how it shapes up. Yeah, I was into a lot of excitement for the Oilers this year with how everything went last year, how everything came together. The runs and the one thing I can say is they have two lines that you can mix and match. You can put with McDavid and Drysdale. No longer like you got a heavy one load line, or you got a hopefully a surprise comes up like a few years ago with Zach Cassian. Or but they actually have four players they can mix and match with the two, and this yeah. is something they never had for so long. Yeah, and I'd even argue that they've got a third line that's serviceable. Uh, McLeod played up and down the lineup uh, at the end of last year and was just, you know, I thought uh, just a utility player that was good in any situation. So, you know, if some injuries happen, he can do that short term. He can play, you know, top six minutes if he needs to. Uh, he's obviously got to learn uh, or get his hands moving so he can get, you know, some put some points on the board, but he's good. Pugliarvi, it sounds like everything he said and everything Ken Holland said is not going to be moved in the offseason, and we'll see him start. Uh, he can be a top six forward uh, if given the opportunity, and he certainly started out that way last year and, until he got COVID. Um, so, yeah, not just the top six, but that third line has a couple of guys uh, that can go up and down the lineup. And Janmark, you know, not a lot of people are talking about him uh, he was playing sort of out of his area in Vegas. He was playing, you know, top six um, minutes. And uh, I think, you know, he's capable as well of being a utility player up and down the lineup. I think down the middle, they are stacked because even if they could put McDavid and Dryside together, you have Nugent Hopkins where he can play with McDavid, he can play with Dryside, or he can play the center. So you have those options there. Derek Ryan, I think, going to be in the fourth line because I think McLeod after the playoffs he had last year is going to get that third and then you got Yanmark as well where you can slot anywhere so they have a lot of depth down the middle what about the defense though because I know a lot of questions still about the defense like we saw a great play from Darnell Nurse especially how many injuries he can come like people are still going to argue the contract but he played like a warrior and he deserves a lot of credit Evan Bouchard took a step forward as well. Cody Cece, surprising good year. I know a lot of questions on Tyson Berry, what he's going to do. Do you feel like the defense can still get the job done? Or it's still questionable? And the addition of Brett Kulak was just an incredible one and a low risk and a low cost one for the next few years also. Yeah, Brett Kulak was uh, a bit of a surprise, you know, how big of a difference he made coming in. Um, you know, you're going to see the maturation of some of these players like Bouchard and Broberg and, uh, you know, some of these um, maybe players that are on the bubble like um, Nemo and uh, DeHarnay and Smirkov. Um, You know, I think defense, so, you know, that's the big question mark. And, and I'll go back to, you know, what I've said about Dave Manson. When he came in, things changed. And I'm not sure we really know as Oilers fans just how good the defense is. Darnell Nurse, uh, you know, he's a hell of a defenseman. And Cody Cece played, you know, better than anybody expected from him. Uh, Kulak, uh, you know, could have been easily uh, top four if not for Duncan Keith being in there. Um, and Bouchard, I mean, he grew as a player. So, you know, it's a big question mark for me. When I look... But if I put that sick, you know, again, against Colorado, um, it's not good enough. It doesn't look good enough, but it won't surprise me if under Dave Manson and we see a bit different of a system, if they play better than we expect. 
I totally agree with you there. I have a friend who played hockey, drafted, played out seas, and unfortunately due to an, an injury, he had to retire. But he was saying for defensemen, the coach makes a difference. And we saw that. I'm, I'm going to give Cody Cece an example. In Toronto, he was a mess. And then we saw a year in Pittsburgh, good. He struggled under Dave Tippett's system, but with Dave Manson and Jay Woodcroft, the guy was a stud. He and Darnell Nurse, other than, especially the Calgary series, other than that game one, they kept them at bay a lot, not giving the Flames many opportunities for the top guys to get going. Yeah, I, and 100%. I mean, they they really kind of came into their own um, once Woodcroft and Manson got behind the bench. And, and I think that's going to make all the difference in the world. They'll have now some time to practice some systems. They've got a goalie. I believe they can trust back there in, in Campbell. Campbell may not be the best goalie in the league, but he was all-star. Um, and that makes a big difference in how you play as a defenseman, right? If you don't trust your goalie uh, to make the saves when you need them to, you know, you change your game up a little bit. Maybe you're trying to block more shots, you know, do stuff you wouldn't otherwise do uh, that lead to other chances. I think as Oilers fans, we don't know what we're going to get right um it could be defensive core that uh far exceeds expectations or they'll just be middle of the road this team is definitely based uh firmly on offense and if i w- if i was to make any changes it would probably be on the defense i think the two x factors i would say for the defense would be the play the tyson berry and his future with the team and the and what steps can Philip Roberg take as a young defenseman? Can he slot in where Bouchard picked up last year and just come this play phenomenal? And then for Tyson Bear, I know he's on the trade room. They're trying to ship him out. And like offensively, he's been good, but defensively, the struggle. Can he somehow change his game a little bit defensively and help out? Or they're going to trade and open up to get something else? Because I think those are the two really X factors you would say on their blue line that could either make or break the team into going to a cup final. Yeah, hard to disagree with that. I mean, you know, it could be that uh, Tyson Berry sticks around. Um, Nima Linen could come in and provide a little bit of, you know, support, uh, you know, as a seventh guy, you know, DeHarnay or Markov. Um, you know, here's the other thing, though, that should be noted is last year, given the situation the Oilers were in, there was no room to really help young guys come in and play a few games and hope they do, you know, hope they'd get some minute uh, because every game mattered, right? And so you had to keep your top line in all year. My expectation is that this team will be uh, top of the league or top of the division, maybe if not top of the league uh, for most of the season. And that'll open up opportunities for the younger players like Nima Linen and DeHarnay and Smorikov, guys that haven't had a lot of NHL experience to come in and play some minutes, get some experience. You know, they don't need to play 20, 30 games. They can play a dozen games and not worry about coming in and ruining the shot at the playoffs, right? That's exactly right. And then it goes down into the playoffs where do you trust the young guy? Can you slot them into the position knowing you have that confidence? Because I think last year... We saw some of those guys were just ailing in pain on the blue line. Darnell Nurse, I go back to, I think Brett Kulak even had a, a significant injury. But when you have the trust in the young guy, then it's like if you're up in a Series 3-1, okay, maybe you put a young guy in to give the big guy a rest. And that's exactly it. And I, I believe this team will have the capability to do that uh, throughout the regular season, get some of these guys some minutes, get them some game time. 
and they don't have to, you know, worry about, you know, losing those extra playoff points because I think they'll be up there most of the season. Oh, 100%. I don't think we're going to see a repeat of last year where they're going to struggle for two months. I think going into this year, they're going to be guns a-blazing at the top, really consistent. They might, like, all teams go through losing streaks. In an 82-game season, it's possible, but they're not going to be last year where they win, what, three games in two months. It's yeah. not going to happen. Now, you did mention Jack Campbell, and and I do want to touch on that because the goaltending has been a question, I think, for Oilers fans since Rollison left. You said, like, he's not the best goalie, but do you think he's good enough to take the Oilers to the promised land, or do you think we're going to see more of a tandem between him and Stuart Skinner, and then come playoff time, Skinner might take the job from Campbell, or are they Campbell's net to lose at this point? Yeah, it's definitely Campbell's net to lose. You know, I mean, you don't come in and sign a $25 million contract um, and expect not to get, you know, top minutes. I think Skinner is ready to take that next step. Um, You know, he had some great games. But look, you know, the important thing to know is that this Oilers team made it to the conference final with Mike Smith and Miko Koskinen in the pipes. And, you know, they might have got swept in the conference final, but you know, they made it there. Nobody else did. You know, Mike Smith beat uh, Markstrom, right? He beat Quick. The big and, thing with uh, Markstrom, like, I don't, I think they were saying that was going to be the X factor in that theory that, that Markstrom was going to outshine Smith. And it was the other way where he outshined Markstrom after he saying no the Oilers two years before. Yeah. And, you know, look, I think there's something to be said about a good defensive structure in how good a goalie looks, right? And, you know, you want to know why goalies never succeeded in Edmonton it's because we never had the defense I mean we don't I don't know that we'll ever know if Miko Koskinen was good or great right um just because we didn't have the defense I mean Cam Talbot you look at him he's had you know good years and he's had bad years uh since his really good run and how much of that is defense related right? You know, you can't know for sure. There's no, you know, as far as I know, there's no stat to back that up a hundred percent. But I think it's going to make a difference. I think, you know, we're in a situation now where Jack Campbell is a guy that's a solid goaltender. He knows positionally where he needs to be. You know, he doesn't have that history of giving up the bad goal uh, at the wrong time that Miko Koskinen and Mike Smith did. And, you know, he, he is coming off a year where, you know, he was an all-star and, and he had a tale of two seasons too, but we all know, you know, how that worked. And I just, I think he's a little bit more stable behind or in the net rather uh, for this Oilers team. And, um, you know, this is a team that without Jack Campbell, they made it quite a distance. I think with Jack Campbell, it's hard to say, um, you know, where the limit is. Oh, I agree with you. And I think you hit the nail on the head where you said, you're not worried about him giving up a bad goal. Because I think throughout the regular season, even the playoffs, game one against LA, a perfect example. Smith has always been history of giving up a bad goal at a wrong time. In game one against LA, he gave up that late goal. Game three against Colorado. They're on a power play. They hit the post. He gives up a softy where it just kills the momentum. Where I think Jack Campbell, like, he know Andre Vasilevsky, where he, like, he's going to be pitch perfect. But you know majority of the time, you're not going to see that softy going at that wrong time. And I think that's going to make a huge difference for the team, knowing that through a 60-minute game, you're not, as a fan, thinking, when is that bad goal going to get in? That's no longer the case anymore. 
Well, yeah. And I mean, look at the Colorado Avalanche, right? I mean, there was discussion as to whether or not they'd start Darcy Kemper at one point, right? And yet at the end of the day, he's the guy that won the Stanley Cup, right? You know, he's, it's not like he's played, you know, a ton of games. He played, you know, in Arizona, he played, um, you know, under 30 games for a couple of seasons. And then, you know, it wasn't until last year that, um, you know, he really kind of took over for Colorado. Uh, but he doesn't have like magnificent numbers, but he had good defense and he had a good team in front of him. And, you know, he was good enough. And Jack Campbell, um, I think, is good enough. I think he's the guy. He's, you know, there's only so many Vasilevskis in this world. Um, you know, Kemper's not Vasilevsky no. and he still won the cup. No, I hear you. Like, it's very rare when a franchise get a goalie like that. It's very hard to come across that. Like, it, uh, I mean, I, Hasek didn't win a cup, right? With uh, Buffalo. Yeah, that's true. No, that's true. I do hear you there. So I think the thing for Oilers fan, and you can agree, there's finally, there's finally that, there's no longer that doubt in the pipe where it's like, you don't have to worry about how he's going to play. I think Campbell, like, we saw in Toronto as well. Like, when he's on his game, he's on his game. And I think Edmonton has a little bit of a better defensive structure, a little bit defensive core in front of him. So he's not going to have to stand on his head. I think if Stuart Skinner can take some games off his load as well, that's going to make a huge difference also. And I and I think healthy competition as well could play a part to him, knowing that he doesn't want this young guy to take his job. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, this, you know, is this not the first time that Oilers fans kind of had, you know, two goaltenders that they, you know, could at least believe in? Right. I mean, I don't think that we, you know, are going to look at these guys and have the same fears that we did with Mike Smith and with Miko Koskinen. Koskinen, you never knew what goalie you'd get on any given night. And with Mike Smith, you were always worried about him, you know, making that wrong play at the wrong time or for that matter, just getting injured. Right. Um, I don't think we have those same concerns with these guys. So I feel quite a bit better about where our situation than, than I have in a couple of years. I would definitely concur that. You did mention Jesse Puviarvi. And the one thing I want to touch is, where is his role going to be with this team? I know you said he can play up and down the lineup. He could play top six. But I know last year at the start of the year, he was top six. Now, as the season went on, he went a little bit down. He said the COVID definitely hurt. And he just couldn't recover. Now, do you feel that if he doesn't make an impact, is he going to be bottom six or possibly trade? Or do you feel like there's still potential for him to be a top piece with this team long term? Yeah, I, you know, Pugliarvi is an interesting case. I, yeah, I've been saying uh, on the Heavy Hockey Network that, um, you know, I don't expect Pugliarvi to be back as an oiler after this season. Um, but this season's going to tell a big story and he's got a one-year contract and, you know, he can, he can play his way up the lineup. We all know he's capable, right? I mean, uh, you know, look at all the fancy stats you want. And you have to understand that Pugliarvi makes a difference on the lines that he plays on. Woodcroft's a smart guy, um, but there's no way you put Pugliarvi in the top six to start the season. I think those you know top six guys are set, and Pugliarvi's going to get a chance to show that you know he deserves more minutes. And when he when and if he takes top six time, you know maybe he stays there, right? Maybe he can find a way to stay, and. You know, lots is going to happen. Is he, you know, does he become a chip for the Oilers uh, at trade deadline time to get, you know, the missing piece, maybe a, a strong defender, you know, depending on what we need in the team at that time. 
Um, but going into this year, he's got every opportunity to prove that he's the right guy for the Oilers. And then it'll be up to him come trade deadline time on whether or not he wants to stay. Uh, if he wants to stay, he'll probably sign, you know, get a contract, something long term. And if he doesn't, um, then we probably see him go. I personally don't think we'll see him uh, finish the season in an Oilers uniform. I think the big thing for him as well, I know in years past, he was getting beaten out a lot by other guys and he just couldn't perform as a young player. But I think in this year especially, the spots for him, he had to beat out other guys to get the spot. He, he had to beat out uh, Kyler Yamamoto, who had a tale of two seasons last year, where a very slow start, but near the end he was ripping it in playoff time. He was just a machine. Zach Hyman has been a perfect fit for McDavid. Nugent Hopkins has always been good with Dreisaitl as well. And then you got Evander Kane, who last year just really just put the league on notice, saying he could put up 60 if he had a full year with the Oilers. But I think for Puviarvi, it's like he really has to fight to show he belongs to this team or even somewhere else because this, a lot of the, unless he wants to play for a bad team where there's no spots like Chicago to stay in the league because some teams might be not wanting to take a risk or they have their guys at this point. Yeah, I mean, it's so hard to tell, right, what's, what's going to happen there. Um, well, at least you know one thing, Puviarvi won't be leaving to another team after his, if he gets an arbitration like to chuck it with Calgary. At least you know that won't happen. Yeah, you know, and here's the good thing is, you know, Puliarvi wants to make a go of it. Um, for all the things that have been said over the past few years, for all the things that have been done, um, you know, he's back. He's back for another year, at least a year under contract. We'll see if he starts the year in an Oilers uniform. I suspect that he will be. Um, and if he does, then, uh, you know, we could see him anywhere from top line to third line. Uh, and that'll be dependent on what he brings to the team. Um, you know, I, there's a fellow, uh, you, I'm sure you know him, Bruce McCurdy. He's got Pugliarvi in his depth chart playing the top line with McDavid and Kane. Uh, and Bruce is, a, you know, a very smart hockey mind. And so, you know, if he thinks Pugliarvi should be up there on number one, you know, who am I to argue? It's um, Pugliarvi's got the skill and certainly the stats back it up. No, exactly. I think like we saw last year in that shortened season, like there was that hope you finally saw for him thinking, this is the guy you drafted number four overall, who's going to make an impact. But I feel like, like you said, after the COVID, he just couldn't get it going. I want to quickly just touch on Ken Holland and the work he's done in that. How long of a window do you think he's given this team to compete? Because we saw last year with the signings, uh, CC, the trade for Keith, signing a Hyman, extension Nugent Hopkins this year bringing in Campbell, getting rid of Cassian's contract. Do you feel like he's given this team a good two to three year window to win? Or do you feel the team might crash and burn or after a year or so? Or how do you, can you assess Ken Holland now after a few years of him on the job? Because I think, honestly, he's done a good job to where the team was after Shirelli was let go. He's not done anything stupid. Let's put it that way. That's true as well. <laughs> you know, I mean, you could argue that the Duncan Keith, you know, Chicago not retaining any contract was a little bit dumb, but you know, it seems to have worked out with Duncan Keith retiring. Um, you know, with Mike Smith, you could have argued that two years was too many. Um, but you know, Mike Smith's on LTIR, so you know, there's some luck uh, to where he's at. Evander Kane you know, popped into his lap uh, and was an immediate difference maker and then comes in at signs at on pace for 40 goals last year. Uh, no reason to think he's not going to do the same and he signs for 5 million. 
uh, is a steal. Um, you know, he's got some long-term contracts that we'll see how they play out specifically Zach Hyman, you know, and even Evander Kane somewhat and uh, Nuge contract. Um, those ones are going to be, you know, on the books for a little while. And, but most importantly, he's got four years of Connor, three of Leon. And I think, you know, if you, you know, you have to be looking at now, right. I mean, this is, uh, if not this year, then next year, you have to expect uh, a cup at the very minimum when you've got Connor McDavid on your team by next year. So we'll see what happens. I mean, the Jack Campbell signing, you know, could really hurt this team. Um, you know, if depending on where the salary cap goes and everything. Uh, but after this year, you get a couple more million that opens up um, with uh, Sekra and Lucic off the books. Um, you know, James Neal still on there for a couple more years. It's hard to grade uh, Ken Holland. Some of it's been luck. Some of it's been good patience. Um, he's certainly, you know, he's always been known for uh, developing uh, prospects, uh, you know, and, and giving them time in the minors. He's done that and he's done it well. And I think it'll serve this team uh, for those years where things are going to be a little bit lean, um, you know, in the four or five year time frame, if if nothing else happens. I do agree with your points you do make there because I know a lot of people, especially last year, I know a lot of people were saying they should have traded for Camper. They should have gotten traded the first and the prospect. I honestly believe that prospect they would trade for Darcy Camper because Colorado had to give Connor Timmons. That could have been Philip Prober going the other way. And you didn't know how that was going to work out because, again, you said some of it has to do with luck. I think now they have three years. They still have three years on Broberg entry-level deal. Or the two, I'm not too sure, but they still have time with that, and he's not gonna really emerge, so they could kind of bridge him up there. And I think you're right; a lot of the signings worked well. And I, and I do want to quickly touch on Evander Kane. We know his history and stuff, but as an Oiler fan, were you kind of welcoming to the team? Because I know there were some Oiler fans out there just saying they said they would just pretty much stop cheering for the team, but we know they came back during playoff time, and when he was scoring all those goals. But when you when he first signed, what kind of your reaction did? And were you worried or did you think it was going to work overall? Oh, yeah. No, I was incredibly worried. Um, I didn't love the signing. I didn't love anything about it. I, um, you know, and for that matter, um, you know, I don't know what the truth is behind anything. Um, there seems to be a lot of strife in his personal life. Uh, and I hope he works it out. Um, you know, I've personally dealt with, uh, you know, addictions. And so I understand you know, the trouble in that and everybody, you know, deserves, you know, a shot um, at recovery. And, and uh, you know, he did a lot of good things. I'll tell you that. I mean, you watch some of the Instagram and the Twitter posts and the social media, you know, people talking about him. He's got a following of people that love him, you know, um, specifically like uh, anything that he's doing around uh, black players in the NHL or, um minority players uh in the nhl anything like that he's you know he's done a terrific job uh promoting that and you know bringing new light to that so it's hard to tell where the truth is it's probably somewhere in the middle uh he seems to have it together right now he's if i think he's you know expecting another child with his um girlfriend or fiance and i just hope that uh he keeps it all together. He's certainly had his own troubles in life and 
you know, and certainly some of the rumors that I've heard, I hope aren't true. Cause if they are, I'd have a hard time sporting him in, in anything. But. Until the things come out, we'll never know. And I think he's really been able to stay under the radar in Edmonton where in other cities, he, he kind of took over and made, made some bad decisions and rubbed people the wrong way. I think so far he's done a good job and I hope he gets away because he has the potential, I think the next two years at least to put up possibly a 50 goal season, which the Oilers, I know they had with dry set off the last few times, but it's very rare where you get two players on a team to put up 50 and they have that potential or even more with those two. Before I let you go, Michael, I just want to ask you one last question. For the Oilers next year, it's very easy to say McDavid, Drysaddle are going to dominate the team. Is there any other player you're kind of looking for that can make an impact? Is it a player like Philip Broberg? You mentioned Nemitz a few times, Ryan McLeod. Do you think it could be a prospect like Dylan Holloway where we saw make his NHL debut in game four? Yeah, we saw Holloway make his debut. I mean, he played, you know, under two minutes, I think, and barely touched the puck. So it's hard to say what we see from him. A guy that I'm really excited to see this season is Ryan McLeod. Uh, You know, as I said, he, you know, up and down the lineup uh, where, where and when needed. And I feel like if he can start to put the puck in the net and, uh, you know, do take that next level, um, he's the kind of third liner right third line center that you know makes a difference on a team uh, I just love the way he plays I love everything about how he is he's nothing like what was scouted of him uh, when he was in juniors uh, people you know were saying he wouldn't go to the hard areas and uh, you know maybe had the speed but didn't have the drive I mean I don't see that at all and um, if you ever wanted a glue guy he sure seems like a glue guy um, so, you know, I'm excited to see what he brings this year. Oh, exactly. And I think Ryan McLeod, he, you could say he's the definition of what you call a Swiss Army knife player where he can play yep. in all those situations. Like you said, if he he has the potential to put the puck in net, get in those dirty areas, he can win those battles. So he's one of those players, and we saw come playoff time, he was that what they needed. He can definitely make a difference. Yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm excited to see him play again. But there's, you know, more on your question. There's lots of players I'm excited about. Um, Broberg is one of them. See what Pugliarvi brings uh, full season under Woodcroft. I'm excited about Bouchard again and see if he gets more power play time. Uh, right. Kulak in his first full season as an Oiler. Right. Hey, like lots to be excited about. Maybe Connor hits 150 in points. He got some good line mates. Maybe that was happened for a first time in a while. So. He has the potential, there's no doubt about that. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm excited to see how he comes back too, especially after being looked over for the Ted Lindsay and the heart. Oh, absolutely. Well, Michael, I always appreciate talking hockey with you. It's been a long time coming for Oilers fan. They finally got some hope. They're on the right way. Hopefully they can bring a championship after so, so many years of suffering for an Oilers fan, but they're against the Capitals. I might be against you that time. Hopefully not, but we'll see. <laughs> Thank you so much again for joining us on the Hockey Fan Chat. Always appreciate you coming on. Yeah, I really appreciate being a guest. Thanks, Randy.